BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. But hopefully what you get from tonight is the understanding that um, those times when you get up early and you work hard, those times when you stay up late and you work hard, those times when you don't feel like working, you're too tired, you don't want to push yourself, but you do it anyway, um, that is actually the dream. That's the dream. It's not the destination, it's the journey. And if you guys, if you guys can understand that, then what you'll see happen is that you won't accomplish your dreams. Your dreams won't come true. Um, something greater will. And uh, if you guys can understand that, then I'm doing my job as a father. Thank you guys so much. I love you. And, uh, Mamba out.
everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where all-stars come and all-stars go, but black mambas live on forever. So deck the halls of fame with boughs of Kobe, fa-la-la-la-la, la-la-la, he's the best. Wouldn't you concur, Alan? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Tonight was Kobe Bryant's 824 retirement jersey game against the defending world champs, the Golden State Warriors, and... It was a Kobe Bryant, Black Mamba kind of night, the whole night. But we also had a game, surprisingly, and um, it turned out to be a very lit and entertaining one at that, and one that I think was pretty representative of the Mamba until the very end there. Um, but yeah, today was was all about Kobe Bryant and celebrating his legacy, honoring his 20-plus years in the league, 20-plus years of excellence, really, and um, just showing his appreciation and forever cementing him at Staples Center in front of all Lakers fans, young and old. So um, it was a very crazy atmosphere, as usual. And tonight's episode, I I don't know how how much deeply we're going to go into the game. Um, I think we're going to be talking more about the... Yeah, talking more about Kobe Bryant, how the halftime ceremony was for his jersey retirement the two jerseys, number eight and number 24, that went up into the rafters, sandwiching Chick Hearn, which I thought was very fitting. Um, so yeah, I think we're we're mostly going to fall on that tonight. And we'll talk about the Lakers game as well, because it was very exciting. And, and a lot of fun developments happened, including some nasty, nasty poster jams by several players. Um, and the Lakers almost came out of it with a win. Um, they lost 114-116 in overtime again. This is the second overtime game the Lakers have had at home. It was fun. They couldn't pull it out in spite of the fact that the Warriors did not have Steph Curry and Draymond Green. But you know what? It doesn't matter. Tonight was Kobe Bryant's night, as we've been saying. And yeah, Alan, I guess let's start there. And let me just ask you, what were you feeling heading into tonight? Did you even remember that there was a game to begin with? Um, and what what was the the atmosphere like for you, even though we weren't at the actual game or at Staples Center to witness that? Yeah, I mean, I would say the game itself was the undercard of the night. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. was like the pre-show. Um, it was like the the performance before the headliner at a concert kind of thing. So um, wasn't really focused on the game too much, um, but was really really looking forward to the ceremony and all the festivities i i prepared for this day emotionally by watching uh kobe's 60 point game against utah his last game of his mm, career nice. uh, i still have that dvr <laughs> from a year and a half ago uh, i knew it would come in handy so uh, i watched that and i was able to watch kobe bryant's muse as well uh that thing that he had on showtime um in 2015 so i watched that a few days ago as well just to get my mind right you know really get in the mood i was trying to cram as much uh kobe stuff in as possible saw all of the kobe lebron puppet commercials today which was an extremely pleasant surprise man that was like my favorite marketing campaign ever from back in the day what was that like 2007 8 9 10 whatever something maybe a little yep. later than that but yeah like 8 9 10 um <clears throat> so man it's just been all kobe all day for the last few days for me and um i mean tonight I'm sure we're going to get into some of the details a little bit more, but uh, it, it totally delivered. I mean, it's funny because I saw Kobe tweet out and put on Instagram the link for Deer Basketball, and I hadn't mm-hmm. actually seen the entire thing. Uh, 
and I'm actually really glad I didn't, and that I was right. able to watch it with, you know, essentially the rest of the world um, at halftime. I had, like, a slight feeling, maybe I read it somewhere, or is this a hunch that they were going to show it at halftime? Um, but, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad I didn't watch it, like, this morning or this afternoon or something. I- I'm glad I saw it uh, during halftime and definitely felt pretty pretty emotional at that point, so... It was it was as good as it could possibly be without, you know, adding the win, I guess. Oh, totally. Uh, transcendent is what I'd call it. Anything with Kobe nice. Bryant these days is very transcendent, it seems like. And, yeah, we'll talk about that Dear Basketball short in just a bit. But, yeah, tonight was a great night. It seemed like they pulled out all the stops for Kobe. And by they, I'm not just talking about the Lakers. I'm talking about the NBA, the basketball community, the world over. You see all of these amazing players from past to present just absolutely giving Kobe Bryant his due credit his due praise and it's just always kind of humbling to see that happen for like one guy in particular I'm I'm sure obviously because we live in the social media age you know the, the the statement that we can say in terms of we've never seen anything like this before for a guy like Kobe Bryant is objectively true and I know a lot of that is only because this is the social media age and if Michael Jordan had Twitter and the internet and all this stuff probably he'd get the same sort of hype right but I mean we live in the age that we do now and it's still incredible to see one guy kind of have the world stop almost and have everyone's eyes just be on him just be on Hollywood at Staples Center on Kobe Bryant I I don't think I've ever seen one guy command so much attention like quite like this you know so it's always incredible always humbling to be part of something bigger than yourself like this and I think Kobe Bryant represents that for a lot of us so before we go on though I just want to do a quick summary of what we're going to be talking about this episode like I said we're going to be talking more about the Kobe ceremony we will also touch upon the Lakers Warriors game a little bit and then we're going to end our show with a little bit of a a Christmas themed kind of not not so much a game but a but a segment where we're going to do three nice and naughty trends that we've seen from the Lakers that we want to see continue and that we don't want to see continue three naughty or nice trends so- But yeah, before we get on with our show, as usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes because the more you rate and review us, the more Nike Kobe Muppet commercials we'll get in the future to help (laughs) carry us through this continuously weird Kobe-less basketball future. So hopefully the, the puppets, the Kobe puppet can carry his legacy on. Because like you said, I forgot how funny those commercials were and... They also elicit very good feelings for me because when those Kobe Braun puppet commercials came out, that was at the height of Kobe reinventing himself in era 24, right? So yeah, yeah. all I have are these elite moments of Kobe Bryant trying to make that second push without Shaq and the Lakers actually getting to the finals and winning championships. Like That's when those um, puppet commercials came out. And so I have very strongly tied positive feelings to those commercials. So hopefully we get more of those and you can help us get more of those by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Because unlike Jay Moore and his America's Lakers podcast, we are Southeastern Czechoslovakians Lakers podcast. Hey, shout out to Southeast Czechoslovakia. What up? Boom, 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 boom. For some reason... For some reason, northeastern Czechoslovakia is not a Lakers Lakers legacy podcast kind of town. Get on but board, southeast, guys, come on, southeast, southeast Czech. That's where it's at. SCC. 
<laughs> SEC is right. Um, also, lastly, patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. Drop some holiday spirit our way in the form of a $1 donation or a $1 monthly subscription. That would help us out a lot. All right. With that said, let's get back into the Kobe show. Um, Alan, you know, before the night started, I originally was going to entitle this episode Deck the Halls of Fame with Bows of Kobe. But I think I'm going to rename this episode after watching Star Wars The Last Jedi this past weekend. MVP, The Last Mamba. Just because I think that's more fitting. And, you know, The Last Jedi is obviously very centered on Luke Skywalker, who in his own right is a Hall of Fame legacy type player or, or, you know, character in the Star Wars canon. And... Kobe to us. I mean, Kobe is our Luke Skywalker um, in this Lakers legacy. So I feel like it's fitting because there will never be another Black Mamba. So MVP, the last Black Mamba or the last Mamba. So, yeah, I mean, let's let's just talk about the night in general. Like you said, it felt like I, I wasn't even for me. The game in and of itself was the opening act. And I almost felt like. Whatever happens in the game, if it turns out to be an entertaining game, if it's fun at all, if the Lakers win, that's just icing on the cake. And it felt like everybody was looking forward to just halftime. Halftime was the real game time. And I guess we can start on the Deer Basketball short because it was incredibly well made and I hadn't seen it in its entirety as well. And I think I mentioned a few podcasts ago that Kobe Bryant actually visited DreamWorks Animation for a seminar. And it was actually to unveil the Deer Basketball short that he did with um, legendary animator Glenn Keane. So Glenn Keane, in his own right, is also um, a Hall of Fame type player in his own um, industry, the animation industry, because he is illustrated for movie classic movies such as Beauty and the Beast and The Little Mermaid. So he worked with Kobe Bryant on this short. And to see it in its entirety and to see Kobe Bryant like watching it as if he was watching it for the first time... Um, yeah, it it was pretty I was pretty emotional and it was very touching and it was I think it was the perfect thing to show on on a night like this to encapsulate Kobe's entire career and who Kobe Bryant is as a person, right? I mean, just this relentless guy who always thought about basketball 24/7. People thought he was weird from the ver- from the get-go when he was very young, but that relentlessness and passion kind of all culminated tonight and you just see the arc of his story and it's inspiring it's emotional it's inspiring and it's transcendent above all and just the turnout for this for this night um but actually yeah I don't want I don't want I don't want to overlook the deer basketball thing but what did you think of that animated short outside of the fact that it was beautifully animated I love that it was traditionally animated and it was all done mm-hmm. in pencil sketchings but it was still doing 360 panoramas which is incredibly yeah. hard to do with that type of style. So, I mean, two legends coming together to make this amazing short that encapsulates Kobe's legendary career. Yeah, man, it's it was so good. I mean, I think it was so cool that you know, you, you see Kobe in the tunnel watching it himself and like you said, it's as if he's watching it for the first time. You know, like he he kind of had like that intense mamba face when he was watching it. and obviously mm-hmm. the guy's seen it you know an infinite amount of times already and he's watching it like this is his baby you know and this is his masterpiece and 
it's so perfect that it's playing in Staples Center, you know, where he played for so many years and where he's been on the big screen. Um, and then you have his creation up there. So it was just perfect, perfectly done. Um, you know, and then the music, of course, by John Williams. Like, I'm going to watch this thing, I don't know how many times <laughs> over the next few days, because on television, when they did the split screen, you know, you have his movie on one side and then you have him on the other i'm like looking at his facial expressions and how he's reacting and then i'm like oh crap like i i gotta watch his movie though but then i want to see how kobe is like looking right now is he crying is you know what's he doing so i need to watch it again just to take it all in i need to watch it a third time just to listen to the music i need to listen to it a fourth time just to recognize every single moment that was depicted like the reverse slam against the Timberwolves where he jacked up his shoulder and Kevin Harlan says, you know, just suck the air out of the building, no regard for human life, the whole thing. Like it's crazy that there were like highlights like verbatim in, in the cartoon. Like I, mm-hmm. I didn't realize they were actually going to pull from those moments. Um, you know, the, the game against the Warriors, the Achilles game where he's hobbling toward half court on that one fade away where he got fouled. Like, Man, is it was just a lot to take in. So um, I'll yeah. be watching that several more times over the next few days, and I'm I'm probably gonna listen to his halftime speech again. <laughs> you know, just just to uh, relive it, and it's gonna be hard for me to delete this one off my DVR as well. So it's gonna take up even more space. But um, man, it's it's just crazy because I mean, you know, you and me were 28, 29 years old. Kobe came in the league when we were in like elementary school. I mean. This guy is like our childhood, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he's legitimately like our Michael Jordan. I've always said I wish I were older when MJ was in his prime because I was like seven, eight years old, and of course I knew he was good and I love Space Jam, but like I didn't understand even ten percent of what Michael was. But with Kobe, I mean, we grew up with it, and that's how we learned the game. So, um, yeah, man, it's just so good. Yeah, I think it was the perfect melding of Kobe Bryant's former career and what he plans to do in the future, right? Because this is what he wants to do, storytelling, filmmaking. And this short was almost a glimpse into that future, and it was perfectly done. I mean, so much mastery of so many levels, right? Not only from the animation, but the writing, you know, the the things Kobe was saying, yeah. throughout the film was beautifully written it was very poetic and then on top of it you know the john williams music score i mean you put all these things together and you get like truly like a classic like that even though it was only like five minutes or something but it i i i think it's so fitting that it ushers in kobe's next phase of his career even while celebrating the past which is which is very poetic yeah, and i love yeah. it it's a full, full circle kind of deal and yeah, what a perfect night for Kobe Bryant. And what what always floors me is when they show all of the players from past and present. You saw Allen Iverson with the Kobe Bryant shirt. Heck yeah, with that the was, Kobe shirt. <laughs> that was insane. And then you know the the and then some. You get some humor by seeing like Roni Turioff looking like an like an Amish dude or something, or something like that. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm, that's how what he looked like. He was you know wearing a black top hat, black everything, and then you saw DJ. Benga. You got DJ DJ Benga looking like he just came from Cuba or something yeah. on a vacation. You saw Gary Payton, Shaquille O'Neal, Bill Russell, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You saw all the Warriors players. KD, Elgin just, Baylor. Yeah, yeah. 
And then, oh man, I loved seeing Lamar Odom. He looked really good. Oh Lamar yeah, he Odom looked good looked, today, man. He looked healthy. He looked sharp. I mean, everybody came out for this moment, and yeah, it, it was it was just so great, man. And to hear the chants once again, the Kobe, Kobe, yeah. Kobe. See Rob Palenka chanting his name too. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, you know, the MVP chant has been with Kobe for a while now, but I think the Kobe chant has always been more iconic because that's stayed with him from mm. the beginning, from when he was like a rookie or a sophomore, it's all the way till the end. So it was really awesome to hear the Kobe, Kobe. That like Kobe is his chant for sure. That's his chant, only his yeah. chant. Ah oh, man, it, it it was such a nice feeling, and and again, I I can't help but feel we've never seen anything like this before. We've never seen someone command the spotlight like this before. The fact that the the world can stop it almost seems like time stops, and the world all turns to Staples Center, all turns to Hollywood to see Kobe Bryant memorialized almost or commemorated in this way. I mean, the last time we felt this way was when he had sixty points, and it was an event in and of itself. Like the yeah. like the Super Bowl or the finals, I, it's ridiculous, and, and all it's even different than those events because even though there's a game going on, it, it's really secondary and supplementary to oh for sure the real matter at hand, which is just to celebrate this guy who has meant so much to this sport and who has helped make this sport into the behemoth that it is today. You know the NBA was always popular, but now it's like global to such a massive extent. And Kobe has been such a huge proponent of that. Did you hear his pregame press conference? I heard a little bit of it, but do you want to fill us in on that? Yeah, like he's opening up a basketball school in China. I mean, of course he would. That's crazy, of course. <laughs> yeah, like uh, a reporter, I'm assuming from China, asked him like to talk about it a little bit. And he's like, yeah, we're going to have a, like a basketball university out there just to continue spreading the game and to teach it the right way. It's like, holy crap, dude, like a basketball university. Like, I, I'm so curious to see what that looks like, you know, because players will do camps, you know, and that sort of thing and clinics and whatever uh, throughout their careers after retirement. But this sounds like it's that times 1000. So it, it's going to be very interesting to see what a basketball school or university looks like, because, you know, Kobe talks so much about how AAU basketball culture and all that, you know, has for the most part. Um, you know, eroded the quality of the game and this and that within the youth and how he wants to, you know, make sure that guys are playing the right way. And I mean, this is clearly a step toward that. And again, I ask, have we ever seen anything like this when it comes Hell to no. Kobe Bryant in China, <laughs> Kobe Bryant in China, even have, we've never seen anything like that. We've never seen anything like we've seen tonight. And I hope once again, this, this kind of moment gets etched in future potential free agents minds, you know? This type of stuff oh, only sure. happens in LA. This type of stuff only happens if you're a part of Lakers legacy. You know, we treat our players this way, and it's so crazy to hear Magic Johnson. And you know Magic Johnson spews a lot of stuff, but he is like an all-time great himself. And the fact of that he course, can go yeah. out there, I know my people might say it's just hyperbole, but when Magic says this is the greatest Laker we've ever seen, I mean, that's crazy for me to hear from a guy like Magic Johnson. Right. Yeah. Regardless of whether or not you believe you, more, him. You know, more people will probably say Magic is the greatest. And the fact that he can just lay that out there, that statement so easily out there, like there's no contest, is amazing. Yeah. Part of me is also kind of sad because 
I mean, judging by Lakers history, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we if we get moments like this in the future. But it's hard to imagine right now, you know, mm. having another mm-hmm. player like Kobe Bryant come up in our generation. I mean, yeah, they they say once in a lifetime for a reason, right? Yeah, once in a lifetime is is definitely the case here, and I definitely feel the gravity of that. But then again, you know, I'm sure the the generation before us or like the baby boomers when they were watching Magic Johnson or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar they probably felt the same way right of course when, when are of we course. ever going to see something like this and then there was Shaq and then there was Kobe so that gives me a lot of comfort but in the moment it's just like damn this is yeah, this is crazy right. this is crazy man we're spoiled we are very <laughs> spoiled man and the fact that Kobe Bryant was part of our youth and is etched in the fabric of our youth good times <laughs> good time good lit times Lit. <laughs> it was very lit. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Tonight was fun. I almost parallel it to, and I don't think a lot of people will get this, but it felt like a like a high school band spaghetti dinner, semi high school reunion, where <laughs> you're kind of honoring like the hometown hero who's graduated already, but he comes back to his high school because that's what it feels like, right? Because he played with actually a lot of these Lakers players, like Julius Randle, Jordan oh, Clarkson, yeah. Larry Nance. So it's almost like him saying hi again to the lower classmen. He's like, "Hey, I'm back." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and even even guys like Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson and Iggy, who he's played with before, you know. It's like everybody's still f- super familiar to him. It's pretty recent, but they're all coming oh, back sure. to enjoy and honor him and give him this like halftime ceremony. So that's what it felt like to me. It was kind of funny. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to say about the- this ceremony. Yeah, it was just epic. It was lit. Kobe Bryant, we love you. Thank you for being such a huge part of our our childhood and our young adulthood as well and giving us hope for the future. Our North Star Kobe Bryant, the last Mamba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It was, as, as always, you know, especially in recent years when Kobe speaks, it's like, you know, he really grabs your attention. You have to listen. Whatever message he's sending is, like, applicable to everybody, you know. Uh, take basketball out of the equation. I mean, when he's giving advice to his daughters about, you know, continuing to press on through adversity when things don't work out, just keep going. And it's not about, you know, the, uh, the final outcome or anything like that. It's about that process. And, um, you know, for me, I'm like relating it to my life and whatever I'm doing right now. And I'm like fired up and tomorrow I want to really work hard, you know, towards my goal. And, um, it definitely gave me like a boost of energy today. And, Mm um, yeah, man, just, can't can't say enough and can't wait until he gets a statue <laughs> yeah it's gonna be crazy it's like you know you pull out all the stops for the last game of his career a couple years ago pull out all the stops tonight it's like what the heck is this statue thing gonna be like you know it's not just gonna be kobe land it's gonna be kobe world yeah. <laughs> downtown and um it's just gonna be another insane event i i really want to know like when that's gonna happen i mean is it gonna be it's got to be within the next five years, right? Like, I, there's no way it's going to go beyond five years from now. So then do we say within three years? Like, 
Dude, possibly, we, right? We're living in the millennial Gen Z, like, we need everything <laughs> in 30 seconds age, and so... Kobe Bear come out with another movie. They gotta show that one at his statue unveiling. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Two years. Two years max, probably, I'm sure, so... Okay, I okay. Mean, I let, hope so, man. Let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling. I, I can Heck live yeah. with this, you know? Just to inspire the players, continue to motivate them to excel, and continue to drive this franchise forward until we actually are in a good solidified spot with with actual superstars or the guys have grown into superstars let's have kobe continue to have these celebratory moments to get us all lit and fired up i'm down for that 100 so with that said mamba out and mamba out was applicable to this game when he left because kcp decided to take the last shot took the air out of the building and took the mamba out of the building with him <laughs> <laughs> Right when he shot it, Kobe. <laughs> you should have yelled that out. Dude, I, I, I tweeted out that Lonzo Ball should have just passed it to Kobe. He would have hit that shot. He would have had a better chance. I know, of right? That shot like, in just his put suit. it in. <laughs> that would have been the most Kobe way to go out. You know, Kobe Bryant takes the shot. <laughs> Refs like, yeah, it's out of bounds. It's a turnover. It's like, oh, whatever. We don't care about this game. We just want to see Kobe. This is Mike from the Almighty Baller Network. It's nice to have a helping hand, especially when it's tax season, and that hand is attached to a licensed tax professional. With TurboTax Live, you can talk to real CPAs and EAs on demand who can review your return with you before you file and to make sure you get your maximum refund. They can even check your work line by line so you can be confident it's done right. Who knew confidence and peace of mind could be synonymous with taxes? TurboTax Live with CPAs and EAs on demand. See details at TurboTax.com. Let TurboTax Live be your helping hand. Visit TurboTax.com today. Yeah, so somehow KCP managed to retire Kobe twice. So the Lakers lost 114-116. We're not going to get into the nitty-gritty tonight because I just want to talk about Kobe and get into our three naughty and nice trends. But hey, it was an exciting game. And to summarize things... Free throws? Free throws. Yeah, I mean, yeah, free throws. God, come on, man. Terrible, terrible. I mean, these guys Ugh. just don't have the concentration right now to grasp and embrace that part of the game, which is disappointing, especially as a young team, you'd think. If there's one area that you can control right now, it's your free throws. I mean, my guess is, like, the concentration is too negative. Maybe. Right? Like, the focus is too much on, I hope I don't miss. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, guess what? That word miss just ran through your head, and that's what you're thinking about now. So you're probably going to miss this damn shot. So you got to think about the thing going in. And, like, I mean, it's easier said than done. Like, we've all been there when we're playing horse together or whatever, and we're just not shooting well, and nothing can seem to drop, and your face gets all tense and whatever. That's the exact same thing they're going through now, but it's just like, ugh, you know? I mean, I don't. I'm sure they shoot hundreds, if not thousands, of free throws every single day or week or whatever, and uh, it's just not happening in in game time. So uh, it's got to be mental, man. Meditate, smoke some peyote, <laughs> Phil Jackson, come on from Montana, give him some some herbs or whatever, because uh, this is getting really freaking annoying <laughs> to be quite honest no, i mean there are the yips and then there are four for nine yeah, performances yeah. and two air balls by brooke lopez performances and then oh, seven for 12 three for eight performances and being second to last in the league in free throw shooting or last in the league 
I mean, at a certain point, you could say yips, nervousness, or whatever, but there are young teams out there who are dealing with the same things as well. Yes, they're not the Lakers. Yes, they're not in Los Angeles, but let's put that excuse aside and just lock in, you know? <laughs> just just continue yeah. to practice, get get the yips out of the way, and just knowing that this is one area that you have the most control over, regardless of all the moving pieces of your development as a young team, like shore it up as quickly as possible. Uh, with that said, it was an exciting game. The Lakers got it into overtime once again. Brandon Ingram started off strong. He had a really nice lefty hand drive into the lane at the beginning. He had seven points really early on, four points, four assists. And then in the third quarter, obviously, he had that stretch where he was kind of forcing things, looked kind of reckless. He got his shot blocked three times. Yes, he got fouled all three times, but... He kind of just bullied his body in there, bulldozed his body in there, and got knocked around pretty badly a couple times, including the one where his whole body and face smacked onto the floor, and then it looked like his knees yeah. smacked on top of each, top was of each other. He had a concussion. Yeah, it looked, it looked pretty bad. He had to go into the locker room and everything like that. But I guess what was most surprising was, one, him coming back, him coming back into the game, and then how effective he was coming back. And... He, he continued to be fearless, he continued to be relentless, continued to drive it into the lane, force the refs to give him some foul calls, and then not only that, I really liked that he started hitting some mid-range jump shots, or started taking them, first of all, and then started hitting them. So I really liked that part about Brandon Ingram coming back. It seemed like that hard hit reignited him. He's learning from Julius Randle. Yeah, it seems like <laughs> it. But again, like I said... I don't want him to keep doing that night in, night out. Those things are going to add up, you know, those nicks and bruises. They don't all have to look like those concussion-like falls to the ground, but any time he gets his body banged, it it adds up and it takes a toll. So I'm glad that when he came back, he kept driving, yes, and he was still fearless, but he was taking mid-range jump shots. He was pulling up. And then on top of that, he was also playmaking for other people. He had 19 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. Thought he finished the game really strongly. He had the game-tying shot. He probably should have had the potential game winner, but KCP had other plans. So, Kobe! You said it before we started this recording. You live by the KCP, you die by the KCP. You die by the KCP. And unfortunately, we have been dying way more than we have been living. But, But yeah, I like Brandon Ingram's game tonight. So why don't you talk about Lonzo Ball since I talked about Ingram. He hit yeah. his first three, two three-pointers, and that's been a really nice trend, and it might come up later, from Lonzo Ball. I think the last – this is his third straight game with three threes, right, if I, if I believe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. He's shooting, like, at this point, like 45% from three in the last few games. Right. 16 points, six rebounds, six assists, only two turnovers, had a, two blocks, one steal. Um there was that section in the fourth quarter overtime where he, he got Mamba mentality going. He hit a three. He hit yeah, a mid-range jump shot that looked like he meant to do it. That mid-range. Like, that was sweet, <laughs> and it looked like a normal jump shot for it some did. reason. I it was like, did. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah why yeah. don't you talk about Lonzo? I mean, this is not to like pat myself on the back, but I totally am. Like A year ago when we were talking about him at UCLA, and I'm like, yeah, like this year he took like four mid-range shots. Like I can count them, and I know exactly which opponents he was playing and all that stuff. And I'm like, when he shoots in the mid-range, it's normal. Like for some reason, he doesn't cross it over his head and do all that stuff. It looks perfectly normal. And um, Stu Lance was gushing about it on the broadcast. You know, he was like, that was the best mid-range jumper I've ever seen him take ever. So, um, <laughs> yeah, like. He's shown in, 
you know, very, very, like, limited uh, moments that he can do that. Um, it was crazy to see him actually do it, you know? And it's like, you could tell as he passed half court that he had that, that green light in his mind. Um, there were a couple times after that where I thought he actually should have pulled the trigger. But he kind of pulled up, held up, kicked it back out to whoever. One of those actually resulted in Kuzma hitting that sideline three-pointer, which was great. Obviously, that's why he's in the NBA and I'm not. But um, it was really good to see him get more aggressive offensively, be more assertive. Um, even, you know, with six seconds left in overtime, David West blocks his shot. But you know what? Like, he went for it, you know? And... Um, he went strong to the rim, could have easily drawn a foul. Who knows what could have happened. And, I mean, that's just what you're supposed to do. We didn't call a timeout. You hope that the defense is kind of off balance or caught off guard. Uh, just didn't work out the way we wanted it. So, love his aggressiveness tonight. Um, I like now that, you know, for a while on you know Twitter, Instagram, whatever, it's like Lonzo's last two games, he's shooting over 40% from the field and over 40% from three. It's like, okay, yeah, that that's two games though. Now we're clearly, you know, we can say, oh, for the last week or whatever, last X games, you know, greater than two. So uh, it adds some legitimacy to it, of course. And uh, obviously we all want to see this guy succeed. And I think in some ways, like because of his, poor start with regards to his shooting there's a lot less pressure on him and um now that he is kicking it up i don't think people are gonna be like okay like this is what he's supposed to do now let's see like if he can maintain and if he drops below this again like then he freaking sucks like I, i honestly feel like a lot of the pressure is off of him right now and um i mean it's only the middle of december you know what i mean so the fact that he's already shown this much improvement granted in a short period of time is very promising and let's just hope um leading up to the new year he can continue to be fairly consistent i mean if he could put up like i don't know like nine to 12 points per game (laughs) you know on around 43 to 45 percent from the field um and then continue to do literally everything else he's doing as far as rebounding and defense and you know making opportunities for other people then we should all be extremely satisfied with that so um Yeah, man, I I thought today was just another good step for him. And uh, when we play Houston in a couple days, he's got Chris Paul to deal with. So, uh, you know, as far as playing against one of the best defensive point guards in the league, it'll be interesting. Absolutely. The confidence is definitely rounding into form there, though. He's 10 for 23 from three in the last four games. I kind of hope, I kind of wish that on that last play when he drove it all the way into the lane, for me, that was the perfect time to be like, yo, find a shooter, let's get this three, mm. and let's go home. You know, I don't care if we're at home, okay. like, let's end this game, it's, it's dragged on long enough, Kobe's out of the building, let's try and win it Kobe style for the win and not try and tie it up, including the fact that there were like three Warriors guys in the paint. I know what he was trying to do, he's trying to push it, but that was one of those times when I... You know, I think if pretty much what he did in Philly, that's what I had hoped he would have done. You know, drive to kick because they were in scramble mode. The shooters are all there. That was the perfect opportune time to get a win or even just take a chance at a win. So unfortunately, it didn't happen, but it's not his fault. I think tonight, you know, the the Lakers, I felt like their defense was really good at the start. 
And then at the end, it just crumbled and the Warriors became the Warriors. They started hitting ridiculously tough three-point shots and whatnot. That's always going to happen. The rebounding. The rebounding, yes. The freaking rebounding. Oh, my God. And then the refs. So all those things combined, the refs oh, did not yeah. help us out yeah. at all. I tweeted it out as well. I was like, it looks like the refs are honoring Kobe Bryant as well with all these no calls because Kobe <laughs> Bryant is very familiar with that. So there you go. Get a T for us, Kobe. Come on. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, I don't want to dwell too much on this game. I want to get to our last segment and not drag it on too long. But we do have to talk about Larry Nance's jam of a lifetime. It seems like Woo! he always does this against the Warriors. This is the third Warrior he's yeah. tagged at this point. He had a Festus Azili, one preseason game, two, two, two or three years ago. He had David West last year. And then tonight, KD. Hello. Yeah. I tweeted it out as well. Hello, I said, goodbye. <laughs> I said, I bet KD wasn't expecting his jersey to be retired tonight as well, except instead of oh, the, <laughs> instead of having his I jersey like retired on the Raptors, he got it retired by Larry Nance, who jammed it on his head. So, splat out. Dunk on your head. So that was very sick. And what's funny is that Larry had another incredible dunk before that, and it was the alley-oop from Lonzo where he just... That was so sick. Calmly dude. did like a reverse dunk. Like, it was a layup. But he was so yeah. high above the rim. Uh, pirouette. <laughs> yeah, he makes these dunks look way too poetic, man, when they are actually impressive, nasty, dirty feats of athleticism. But he makes yeah, them look down, so nice. Man. I know. So Larry Nance, once again, I mean, incredible. Incredible feats of athleticism. Julius Randle, now he had the nasty, dirty, kind of rat and dirty yeah, dunk. You know, oh my gosh. I think that was on KD too, so... That was. Katie was in a lot of posters tonight, man. Seriously. So we had a, a lot of really nice highlight reel kind of plays. JC had that one, too, with the Ooh, left. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, JC had a bad game, but, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. that dunk of his in traffic was really impressive as well. I, th- I think he, he gave Kobe a look after that. and uh, Kobe gave him a look. What, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to quote what JC was probably thinking about in that moment, but there was that one time where Kobe told JC he's got to go the rim a little harder. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and he referenced some pigmentation stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what was running through his head when he looked at Kobe. <laughs> Has- hashtag pigmentation stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the Lakers showed out. It was still a fun game. At the end of the day, I don't, I, it was inconsequential to me. They're 10 and 18. They have a tough stretch. As long as we continue to look more cohesive as a unit, which I think we are, we'll see what the trade deadline brings. KCP, he'll be talked about in our trend, so I don't want to talk too much about him. Decision-making is absolute garbage. If this guy would just learn that he'd be such a valuable player if he worked on his decision-making, I mean, he does so much on the defensive end, and he's so gritty, but he undermines all of that with what he does on the offensive end you know it's so frustrating like we said you live and die by kcp and so many times he just cuts the flow of everything and it's disappointing uh we forgot to highlight brandon ingram had a very good defensive game against kevin durant tonight kevin durant shot 10 for 29 and even though he started hitting shots at the end brandon ingram was still right there in his grill and at that point you just give it up to kd for being able to hit ridiculously tough shots so but Outside of that, Brandon Ingram was in his grill the whole night, stayed with him, was knocking the ball loose here and there. So impressive defensive effort by Brandon Ingram as well. And then lastly, Kyle Kuzma. I mean, 25 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar skyhook in front of Kareem. Impressive offensive arsenal as usual. 10 for 16 from the field, 4 for 6 from 3. He was making Kobe turn his head a little bit and go, "Mm, okay, okay. 
So that was nice. I mean, the young guys did what they were supposed to, and it did not look like they were nervous at all in front of the Mamba. You know, I'd imagine I'd be nervous in that sort of scenario with that guy watching me. And I think there may have been a little, a few jitters at the start, but they, they uh, got rid of those really quickly. And um, yeah, Julius Randle, 15 for 11, five for 11 from the field. He was incredible as usual. So with that said, I hope the Lakers can um, translate this, these good progressive steps into tangible wins. Even though they have a really tough schedule, hopefully we can kind of steal some here and there as we head into Christmas and the new year. So with that said, because it is Christmas, and I think this is going to be our last episode before Christmas, I thought we'd end it in a fun way and and relevant way because this is, I guess, kind of the mark where we say that this is almost the halfway mark for the Lakers in, in some senses. Um, well, actually not the halfway mark, but because the year is ending, we'll we'll kind of view it that way. But yeah, it, right around Christmas, it always feels like the season really starts. You oh, know? for sure. And then also the trade deadline comes up and, and whatnot. But so I wanted to end this show with three naughty or nice trends that we either want to see continue to happen or don't want to see. So Alan, I'll start first and say one nice trend that I would like to see happen that I've seen here and there is the Julius Randle and Jordan Clarkson two-man game off the pick and roll, which we've seen a little more recently, especially I think it started in full force against the Charlotte Hornets when Luke Walton decided to unleash that tandem against Dwight Howard. And as we all know, Dwight Howard can't guard pick and roll. And Jordan Clarkson and Julius Randle absolutely tore him up and tore the Charlotte Hornets defense up. And even tonight, they had a couple plays. Anytime Julius Randle sets a screen for Jordan Clarkson, the defense really doesn't know what to do because now Julius Randle has become one of the best roll guys out of the pick and roll and one of the best finishers off the pick and roll. And then now Clarkson can either take the nifty floater for himself or he can pass it to Julius Randle, and Julius Randle can jam it on someone or throw up a nifty hook shot or bank shot that no longer looks like it's out of control. So that's one trend that I would really like to continue to see happening, and hopefully Luke continues to have Jordan Clarkson and Julius Randle out there for as many minutes as possible, and hopefully they continue to call those pick-and-rolls for each other because it really puts the defense in a pick-your-poison kind of scenario where it's like, okay, well, do I take Jordan Clarkson going one-on-one and like being able to drive it into the lane or pull up for the mid-range jump shot, which he's pretty good at? Or do I let Julius Randle run havoc on this roll here where I know he can probably muscle his way into a pretty effective shot in the paint? So Julius Randle and Jordan Clarkson pick and roll two-man game. One nice trend. What about you? Nice. I like it. Um, I'm going to go with <laughs> we saw it one time tonight. I'm gonna go Alonzo shooting those mid-range elbow <laughs> jump shots. Um, that that clearly was not on my radar until tonight, but I just threw it in there. Um, I mean, there are maybe two other times where he's taken a mid-range jumper successfully. So, um, yeah, man, I I gotta check on Basketball Reference and see what his percentage is from like uh 13 to 15 feet or whatever but i want to see him continue to take that shot and even if it's not falling it's totally there defenses tend to play him like kind of like a rajon rondo um so he's just got to shoot it and i mean at this point like we already mentioned his shooting percentage has increased so much over the last week or so um got to keep defenses honest if they play up on him then he can blow by them with their speed and uh he could also facilitate a lot more easier because defense isn't sagging off so 
that's what I'm looking for from Lonzo as far as another nice thing to continue. So I guess it's not yet a trend, but we want it to be a trend and hopefully it becomes that yes. way. So that would be great. Um, okay, so what about a naughty trend that we do not want to see any more of? Um, for me, my first one would be, and maybe he kind of, what transpired tonight will solve this in and of itself, but I want Brooke Lopez to stop shooting threes. <laughs> I just want him to stop. Yeah. It's not effective. He's not a shooter. We got fooled by one year of him making 1.5 threes on 35% shooting, and then after that we declared him Kevin Love, or he declared himself he Kevin Love. He made more threes than that other guy that you know we, we know. <laughs> but clearly he's not a good shooter. You know He's a good if he's like way wide open or if he's on the baseline. Yeah, shoot it then. But the fact that he's so insistent on taking these shots, like he's a shooting guard or a wing, is really annoying because his misses aren't really close. And they're, they clang off the, the rim really badly, lead to like long rebounds and the other team leaking out. And it just kills the flow of our team right now. And again, maybe his injury, and we don't want to wish injury on anybody, but maybe that'll solve it in and of itself. And uh, we start playing more of our fast lineups like Nance, Randall, Kuzma. Um, hopefully, Brooke Lopez gets better. But right now, I wouldn't say it's necessarily the worst thing in terms of on-court basketball play that he he spends some time just rehabbing his ankle injury or whatever. Because, yeah, one trend that I have not liked at all is the Brooke Lopez three-point shot show that's just a facade to me. So, what about you? I see what you did there. Shot show instead shot of show. using a different vowel. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, I mean, and to, to talk about the, uh, I guess that was unintentional, right? Yeah. Um, to go along with this mid-range theme, Brooke took a mid-range jumper tonight. And Stu also really raved about that one. Um, <clears throat> you know... Is it an inefficient shot? Sure, I guess. But guess what, dude? If you're shooting whatever percentage from three that he is, you know, incredibly subpar, um, you may as well change it up. And, I mean, sometimes if the shot is, like, absolutely there, and like you said, if he's in the corner for that short three, okay, fine, take it. But, um, yeah, man, so far it is it is not looking good. And I think it's getting to him mentally, too. I mean, that game against Cleveland was not not a... Not a highlight reel for him, that's for darn sure. Yep. But uh, as far as one of my naughty trends, uh, I mean, this is kind of an easy one, but I'm going to go with free throw shooting, and we already talked about it earlier, so I'm just going to leave one at that. For sure. All right, so my second nice trend that I want to continue to see happen is, we've been talking about it for Lonzo, but, and we've been talking about it for Brandon Ingram the entire year, but the Brandon Ingram mid-range pull-up game. And we saw it in full force against the Cleveland Cavaliers when he had... Look, he only had 13 points that game. Wait, no, sorry, I'm looking at Lonzo Ball stats. No, Ingram had like 26 points against LeBron, actually. And amidst that 26-point explosion, he had a couple of nifty pull-up mid-range jump shots that looked almost Kobe-esque because he'd be snaking through with his dribble, and then all of a sudden he'd pull up without his legs necessarily aligned or his shoulders aligned, but... He'd hit, he drained the jump shot, you know? So, and then tonight he had a couple after he, you know, fell to the floor when he came back into the game where he hit two or three really nice pull up jump shots as well, just off a dime, off his own dribble. So, that, those are the jump shots that I want to see Ingram take more of and continue to be more proficient in. And Pete Zayas, he's been, been able to attend these Lakers practices. And one of the things he's observed is that. They've been working with Ingram on that dribble snake move into a pull-up J 
much more frequently the last few weeks. And I think it's starting to show some dividends on the court. And I, I just want that trend to continue. I want him to be more confident because when he's able to do that, it makes him so much more lethal, so much more versatile. And then it keeps the defense even more on edge because right now they just think he's going to continue to knife it into the lane, you know, and do that cuff the ball elbow canoe move that he usually does to try and get the foul or flip it up. But if he can pull up off a dime, they're not expecting him to take that mid-range jump shot because they think he's going all the way to the basket. So if he just pulls up, the defender will just fly by, you know? So that is one trend that I definitely want to continue to see happening for Brandon Ingram, the Brandon Ingram mid-range pull-up. What about you? I like that one a lot. Um, I'm going to go with... Just our team's general understanding of running different offensive sets. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just feel like we are adding a lot more to our vocabulary in terms of weak side motion, uh, recognizing different opportunities on the offensive end. And, you know, we don't see nearly as many broken plays where something goes wrong with about. 16 seconds left on the shot clock and then you're left with like 12 seconds left and it just becomes somebody isoing from 30 feet out. You know what I mean? So I feel like we're getting a lot more really good looks. And again, in training camp and preseason, Luke's like, we haven't installed any offense. You know, we were definitely complaining about that. We're like, come on, you can't even install like a little bit, like 5% of the offense. And uh, here we are coming up on Christmas and uh, offensively, I mean, we're, we're definitely noticing a lot more flow and a lot more organization in general. So I want that to continue. Obviously I'm sure at this point there's still tons of room for growth and I'm sure the the coaching staff is still teaching them uh, a ton of new stuff. And I mean, these guys are all extremely young and they're still learning. So um, I do like the progress and I don't think there's any, uh, you know, coincidence that we've really been in these games recently. I mean, how many times have we been blown out this year? You know, like maybe two times mm-hmm. where we've had god awful games. Um, so despite being ten and eighteen, uh, it doesn't feel like a ten and eighteen team whatsoever. Um, so yeah, man. Offensively, I would say just continuing to build on what we have, becoming more effective and efficient within those sets uh, would be great. Yeah, I agree with that, especially out of the out of time timeout plays that Luke draws up yes, are yes. pretty, pretty effective. And they usually always get a really good shot. And for the most part, actually drain those shots. And we've seen many times they do that weird little elevator action where they set two down screens. It's almost like from the three point line to the baseline, this action is going on where somehow a shooter will just pop out through several down screens and then get a really good shot and be able to launch it. So I really like the different offensive plays they've been running and then obviously the lob plays that Luke will draw up from time to time when he sees a guy struggling whether it's Brandon Ingram for the lob or Lonzo Ball for the lob recently and then obviously Larry Nance and stuff like that I think yeah slowly but surely they're starting to find more consistent plays that they can go to and then plays that they can adapt on the fly and rely upon when something bogs down there's like a plan b to that if that bogs down there's a plan c you're starting to see that more and more because these offensive principles are being implemented to them as more what's it called they're becoming more intuitive and less just plays it feels like on the court so i agree with that um my second naughty trend just to keep it short kcp hero ball 
Kobe antics. <laughs> it, it's really annoying. It's really frustrating. And I, I really don't like this thing where he, off a screen, he swings his legs crazily like he thinks he's T-Mac or Ray Allen or something. And he just shoots it. I'm just like, who do you think you are, dude? You're like a career 33% shooter. Do you really have to swing your legs like that? I mean, maybe that's your thing, but just don't shoot it. <laughs> you know, like, you're not Ray Allen. You're not T-Mac. And the results are anything but what those guys did when they swung their legs out, too, off of screens. And so I just want KCP to just be a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. When you're open, shoot the three. If you want to take a mid-range jump shot, fine. But don't feel like you need to drive it into traffic or go on a dribbling exhibition and then do a tough Kobe fadeaway or something. That's not your game. You know, you're so good defensively, being gritty and all that stuff. This unnecessary stuff that he adds on the offensive end it's almost old julius randall type stuff you know and it makes you a worse player so i'll I'll leave it at that what's your your second naughty trend that you want to see stop it's funny i actually i mean i was gonna say something about brooke lopez and his shot selection and all that kind of stuff too but you already took it but we want to make this quick so i'm gonna say the same thing um just brooke lopez i mean like there are times where he can actually get the ball on the block and he goes into his super slow motion kind of moves or whatever. Um, I'm not saying I want to see more of that because that also sort of bogs the offense down and it isn't really our identity offensively. But every now and then, we do seem like we're making a concerted effort to get him involved right from the start. And as long as he's positioned in the right place, I'm not totally against it. Again, I'm not looking for us to be posting him up like 10 times a game or anything like that. But if it does get him a little bit more confidence, and you know, he is a pretty good post passer. You know, we've run some give and goes recently, which have been pretty nice, mainly with Brandon Ingram, actually, where we give it into Brooke. He's about 9 to 10 feet away from the basket. Brandon dives to the basket, and then Brooke Lopez dumps a little bounce pass into him. Um I'm all for it, you know, and you have to establish something down low in order for those things to work. Um, So, yeah, I would say him not standing 30 feet away from the basket, getting down low a little bit more is uh, something that I want to see more of. So less threes, less outside stuff, get down on the block. For sure. Um, So my last, my third nice trend that I want to see happen, it's not a trend yet, but I want to see it become a trend, and we saw it tonight for a little bit. But Luke Walton's rotations look so much better tonight, even before Brooke Lopez went down, because if you notice, in the first quarter, Kuzma and Julius Randle came in, but not at the two-minute mark. They came in at the 5.30 mark, or right at the six-minute mark. And that's all I've been asking for this whole time. You know, you can still start Nance. You can still have Brooke Lopez out there if they're not hurting you too much, but they have. But anyways, you can still do that if you're really insistent on it. Just bring Julius Randle and Kyle Kuzma in, at more reasonable times. And the six-minute mark is a reasonable time for me because then you can really have more balanced games for them where they're not, for some reason, only playing 22 to 25 minutes and they're more in the 28 to 30 range, you know? So I hope that trend continues. And I think by default, it'll continue, obviously, because Brooke Lopez is is presumably going to be out of commission for a little bit. But even when Brooke Lopez comes back, I really hope Luke Walton can balance out the rotation a little bit more. Bring Julius Randle and Kuzma in earlier, and then even in the fourth quarter, continue to ride them like he did tonight as well. 
Cal Kuzma had a ridiculous 40 minutes, 39 minutes. Julius Randle, 30 minutes. Yes, there was overtime, but that's that's more in line with the minutes I want to see them getting. So that's definitely a nice trend, or that's definitely something that I want to become a trend uh, moving forward that is definitely very nice because Cal Kuzma and Julius Randle are part of the future of the Lakers and part of the reasons why we're actually a young, fun, exciting team to watch this year. Uh, so what's your last nice trend that you want to see happen? Uh, just Kyle Kuzma continuing to be extremely productive. Um, you know, we definitely don't want to see him hitting a rookie wall. And, um, I mean, guys are prone to that, right? And he got off to such a darn good start. It's like, you know, how long can the guy keep it up? That being said, he is extremely skilled. I mean, busts out the sky hook tonight with, like, the the best sky hooker ever. <laughs> um, that sounded bad. But, um, you know, he just has so much variety to his game. He's so skilled. The guy's grabbing dinner with Kobe, talking about eating the big steak just like Kobe someday and all that stuff. And I just um, hope that he can continue uh, this type of production. And the fact that whether he's starting coming off the bench – like it literally does not matter. There's no difference whatsoever, and kind of goes hand in hand with what you talked about with Luke bringing him in at the right times, and um, you know all of that is really going to aid him in his production. Um, so yeah, I would I would say Kyle Kuzma continuing to be our leading scorer, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that that guy that we can really count on for for offensive production. Yeah, for sure. All right, so our last naughty trend that we do not want to see happen and continue for me would be let's just stop the Corey Brewer show, Alan. We don't need this. We don't need we don't need to moan. No Hakuna Matata. Let's just play Josh Hart at this point. Please give Josh Hart more minutes. Cut down Corey Brewer's minutes. Yes, he's scrappy. Yes, he provides energy, but I I'm okay. Let's sit him down and we don't need we don't need it anymore. What about you? Your last naughty trend that you want to see end. That's a really good one. Um, hmm, last naughty trend I want to see end. Okay, how about this? I want to see some Thomas Bryan action. Let, let's. We just recalled him out. Recalled him from the South Bay Lakers. You know, we don't know what's going on with Lopez right now. But let's let's give the guy a shot. I mean, he's tearing it up in the D League right now offensively. Um, obviously totally different game down there, but, um, let's just see what the guy could do. Let's see if he can be, uh, someone who can stretch the floor for us. Cause right now we know aside from Kyle Kuzma, we, we don't have any bigs who can stretch the floor. And, uh, I'm sure there are a lot of things that Luke would like to do offensively where, um, you know, it calls for that. Um, I'm sure there would be an adjustment period for the guy, but he plays with so much energy as well. I do think he would fit in with the team as far as minutes are concerned, though. That's obviously the challenge. I mean, when you've got Nance Randall Kuzma and, uh, you know, two of those three guys can play center, uh, where he factors in, I'm not quite sure. You don't want to disrupt things. And we all know how much Luke hates disrupting rotations and, you know, the second unit and things like that as far as chemistry go. Um, but. The fact that we called him up even before Brooke Lopez's injury, I think, says something. You know, I think we're looking, we want to look at him pretty soon. So, um, yeah, that that's sort of like a 
backwards naughty trend. Sure, to <laughs> rephrase it for you, you, you want to see the trend of not playing Thomas Bryant or the D-League rookies or G-League rookies end. So yeah, I would like to see Thomas Correct. Bryant play as well because he has been shooting the lights out from three in the G-League and he has been blocking shots. Zubats has been incredible as well, super efficient. He's like averaging two blocks a game as well. So, you know, maybe this Brooke Lopez thing, you know, as unfortunate as may, as it may be, the silver lining is not only getting Nance and Kuzma and Randall the minutes they deserve, but allowing us to get some good looks at some of the bigs that we think are promising moving forward, you know? So, um, yeah, I would like to see that happen as well. The Green Mile. Unleash the Green Mile, Thomas Bryant. And if, <laughs> if anybody wonders why we call him the Green Mile, it's because he looks like Michael Clark Duncan. Rest in peace. So there you go. Um, yeah, with that said, that'll do it for our show. Kobe Bryant, Black Mamba Night. It was great. Number eight, number 24. If you didn't hear his pregame conference, he talked about how at the end of the day, it's tough for him to decide which one to retire, but number 24 is it because that's the latter part portion of his career is where he really struggled the most in terms of getting his body in shape day in, day out, get staying motivated and then how much tougher it was just mentally, not only physically, right? And um, how that next chapter, getting older and everything, took a toll on him, but how he was still able to persevere through through that and win some championships without Shaq, right? So number 24 is what he'd go with, but hey, we're glad that they retired both jerseys because he pretty much lived two separate Hall of Fame careers. So to the Black Mamba, we love you, respect, peace, etc., etc. Thank you guys for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes. The more you rate and review us, that's how many future young gun Lakers jerseys we'll see retired in the rafters 20, da- 20 years down the line. So who knows? We want to see more of those transcendent events happen. And by then we'll see holograms and stuff saying mess- <laughs> messages if we aren't already, actually. So with that said, I hope everybody has a good Christmas break. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Alan, there's only one appropriate way that we should end this episode, and it's not with a ho, 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 but with a chant. And I think you know what that chant is. So on the count of three, we will chant it. Three, two, one. Kobe, 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 This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more Yeah, even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.